Everybody out there, to all of our audience, hello, hello, hello. I hope you have been having a fantastic day. This is Dr. G with the Coming to the Stage, creating world-class meetings with world-class speakers. I am your host of the 24 Karat Podcast as well as the emotional wellness doctor. And I help people stay sane in a crazy world. And I have been doing that now for over 25 years. I started before the world's actually as crazy as it is now. So you can only imagine. But also I am the CEO of 24 Karat Speakers, where we represent the most incredible and the most fabulous women of color out there in the market. Yes, we have premium speakers that speak on every topic that is out there. When I tell you how fantabulous these women are, and they're experts in their field. So we come to you always with a world-class speaker. If you want to know about these ladies right now, just stop and type in 24caratspeakers.com. That's the number 24, carry with a C, dot com. 24caratspeakers.com. And you can see the platform of these incredible, fantastic women. You know, each and every week on our show, we have segments. I bring to you what you need to know for a world-class meeting. And of course, we always have a world-class speaker that we want you to know. And this week, as we think about a world-class meeting, I want you to think about adding music into the agenda. That's right. Music soothes the soul. We all need soothing. That is all the time. (laughs) So you want to think about, as you're planning your meeting, what kind of music that you want to play as your participants are coming in. How do you want your audience to feel? A lot of times when I'm speaking, I add music as people are coming in because you know what? It gets them going. It may be a song they know. It may not be a song they know, but the music will feed the soul. So I don't want you to get caught up on a certain genre. If you don't know, play elevator music. (laughs) It doesn't matter. But something that will help to calm your audience and put them in a place of where they are, the mindfulness state that will get them prepared. So think about adding music to your agenda. Now, next we have our world-class speaker, Veronica Torres Hazley. Veronica is a speaker, trainer, change maker, and chief impact officer for ISP Creative and co-owner of V12 Yoga Studio. Veronica has held many roles in her career. As the chief impact officer, her focus lies in community development, customer service, leadership training, content curation, and cause marketing. Prior to ISP, she spent 17 years with Visit Dallas. That included working in diversity, equity, and inclusion, digital marketing and branding, and most recently as a director of experience. 
She has also worked for the Intercontinental Hotel Group as the Employee Resources Manager. Veronica is also the founder of Hey Chica by Healthy Latina Lifestyles, a Latina leadership collective, a movement for women looking to collaborate with their fellow community leaders, advocates, and influencers to curate their dream goals with passion and gusto. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, Mrs. Veronica Torres Hazley. Hello, that was amazing. Okay, welcome, welcome. We are so excited to have you. I'm telling you, she's the woman that wears many, many, many hats. Now, Veronica, when you think about yourself and you think about all the hats that you wear, and we didn't even talk about, she's also the mother of three, but two younger children, school-age children. So (laughs) she has a lot going on. We talk about many hats. Veronica, when you hear or you see yourself, did you ever think, that you would be wearing so many hats at the same time? You know, you don't think about it until you hear someone like you introduce, right? Whenever someone introduces you and then announces everything that you're involved in, you're like, oh my goodness, I do so many things. When you're in it, you don't really feel like it's a lot. You're just kind of doing it, right? You just kind of are in the day, you're in the moments and your mom and your sister and your friend and your colleague and your boss lady, And it's all sort of just kind of happen organically for me. I come from a big family. I say big because I have six siblings. And early on, um, you know, I was the second of the six. And early on, I was, you know, we took care of the kids. Like the kids took care of the kids because my parents were working parents. So I felt like I was also raised with my grandparents and my cousin. So being raised in a Mexican family, it's almost like you're already wearing hats. You know, you're already where you juggle, you kind of, it's a cultural thing for me. I think we're taught early on that everyone does everything and everyone pitches in and we're all in it together. So I think that is how I still navigate my life and my career and my, my friendships. And it's like all in all hands on. But now that I'm older, I think the systems are what help me keep it afloat. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm sure you integrate a lot of technology, a lot of things that you have. Well, you know, that's interesting when you say it culturally, because I never thought about that because and and this is what is so wonderful about diversity. When we talk about diversity, you know, typically people just think about it in a coloring standpoint. But you think about the cultures and how people are raised and what they're taught and your value system. And like you said, in your culture, everybody does everything. That's not the same in a lot of people's culture. If you come from a home of a, one child or two or one step, then of course it's going to look completely different. But culturally you were taught and now it doesn't feel like it's a lot because this is what you've always done in life. I love that. And again, audience take in the learning pieces of everything because in my culture, even though we're women of color, that's not how it is in my culture. So I think it's just, it's different. And I just love that we all bring something different to the table. Now, we know a lot about you. What, what else would you like for us to know about who this woman is? 
You know, I'd like people to know that as I got older in my career and in my life, and even as today, I really think that we never reach the expansiveness of who we are. For me, I really have reached sort of a milestone in my life where I am truly digging and learning on self-love, self-discovery, self-innovation, and it's really changed my life. Like it's made it easier for me to be successful in the things that I'm doing because it's a mindset that you kind of go in with a discovery, a beginner's mind on what can I learn from this, right? What can I learn from the situations that I am, from my friendships, from a conversation? I think that um, when you get to a certain point in your career, like you and I, and a lot of people that are probably listening, they're in that phase. I think once you pass that 40 or 35 year mark, you start to think like, what is, what is my purpose in being here? Yes. Like, how do I develop, take off this armor of protection and career climbing, like you start to shift your mind on purpose of your life and leaving a legacy of who you are. And for me, it's about growth and kind of having a deeper connection with myself, a deeper relationship. And I've learned that in this, even through my Hey Chica movement, it was about teaching and learning about how we can get deeper within ourselves and know ourselves deeply And I've really learned so much in these past few months and read a lot of books around past trauma and habits and things like that to help me educate and articulate that to women, Uh, women in general, I'm speaking just because I'm a mom, like you mentioned, I'm a mom. Like I noticed that people at my age and doing what we're doing, they're still wanting to rediscover the depth of who they are. And I think I am excited about finding that out every day I wake up you know, with a heart of gratitude and appreciation and like, what can I learn today? What is something that I'm uncomfortable with? Like, how can I force myself to shed another armored piece of, you know, myself? And, and I've noticed that people gravitate to that and people want to be around me because it's a lighter feeling when you start to come to the situation or come to a relationship or friendship light, you know what I mean? It's not heavy, not dark and people gravitate. So that's a, people don't know about me reading a bio or whatever, but really, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm becoming this deeper person that really fascinates me and makes me happy and, and fall in love with myself. And I think that that's something that women and people who listen to podcasts, I think everyone's hungry for that same thing. My goodness. Now you said so much, <laughs> you said a mouthful there, the depthness of what you're talking about is a place that people very seldom get to. It doesn't even matter what age. Of course, you know, I'm a little bit older. (laughs) I'm a little bit more seasoned. And a lot of people don't get there. What would you say got you to the place where you're really wanting to know the depthness of who you are, why you're here existing? You know, what, what was it that, would you credit to that moment that you said, you know what, there's something more here? You know, for me, it's, it's sadly enough. It's for like other people, we experience these life awakening moments, whether it's divorce or death or near death, it's tragic, right? Like we almost have to experience people find that it's unfortunate the way that you have these sort of awakenings of yourself, right? I think that a lot of us have to experience it, unfortunately, through tragedy. Um, And tragedy can be 
divorce. It can be, uh, you know, grief or death or near death experiences, things like that. And that's unfortunate. But for me, it was exactly that. It was like um, losing. It's like kind of when you have you're holding on to every inch of control and then you realize you have to surrender. You have to surrender. And it was a pivotal point for me where I articulate out loud, like I surrender. And from that moment on, that was seven years. No, that was five years ago. And when I did that, I really felt it in my being a surrender, an energetic surrender. And ever since then, I started to understand that it's it's a death to yourself, right? To your ego, to your persona, to whatever you believed. Mm. Um, You have to be willing to, to have that sort of death to yourself of what you no longer want to serve you, right? Not something that's not serving you. It's anxiety, whatever that is, but you have to recognize and, and have a conversation or real with yourself on for that to happen, you know? Wow. That's hard. That's hard for people to accept you know, that. I try to get a lot of my clients and people to that, but you're right. It generally takes something very tragic that makes you wake up and say, life is not how I thought it was going to be, how I wanted it to be, whatever it is. And all of those traumas Mm -hmm. should create a lot of times people don't know how to take it and make it work for them. So they don't ever truly have this awakening because they carry around the hurt and the pain of whatever that trauma was to that initially comes to in our life that we can't control. And if you can flip that around, then of course it it does make you become a better person. Because like the song says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. A lot of people would rather just die inside of themselves and not die to themselves, like you were saying. And I love the way that you put that. Now, is this a message that you get over to your audience? How do you convey this? Because you sent chills up my spine as you were talking about this. Yeah, thank you for that. It it is that it's it starts with me, right? If I'm the messenger, I'll use that, right? As a speaker, we are the messengers of our delivery and our messaging. I have to embody that. Like I really take it personal for me to go and live what I say and speak. So when I do articulate that just as much as you felt that is because you felt my energy from that. You said I own a yoga studio. A lot of that's like energy based. Every I yes. really believe that like If I'm walking in my truest self and I'm talking about something, it is my personal experience, then there's a different form of passion and conviction that comes with that, that is felt. It's like when a singer writes about a heartache and they're like, oh my God, you can feel the chills when a musician's up there. And that's the it, right? That everyone's like, what is it? It's because there's a deep sense of connection, intuitive connection, pain or whatever that really happened to the person that's conveying that message. And for me, I think I use that power of my experience and pain and hurt emotion to, to articulate what I'm doing on stage and when I'm talking about it and it hits different, you know, and that's just yes. the reality of it. It's like, you cannot be this talking head or fake person without conviction almost. Right. And for me, I think that's what drives people to my conversation or why they want to hear about it. Cause I think at the end of the day, everyone is longing to have a deeper connection with yes. themselves. So that's the even playing field, right? Mm-hmm. So we all know that. So I use that and and kind of dive into it. And I have my vulnerable 
conversation that allows them to trust my message and then they receive it in such a way. Wow. That leads me really into that next question, which you probably really already answered it. How do you want to leave your audience? Because it sounds like like how you were leaving me. But is that the goal when you're up in front of your audience and you're speaking? How do you want them to feel when they're leaving? I really want them to feel moved, inspired to create their own discovery of what that is. So for me, if it's if someone can hear me and my words aren't even enough, right? Because words can't even express that point of energy, right? It's going to have to be something that's felt. Hmm. And so I'm hoping it, it's it's my intention when I'm up there and I'm speaking to have that energy transferred through feeling and emotion and not necessarily through the words alone. Right. So that's how the impact happens. It's when someone feels different when they walk out, they don't even have to say anything and I don't have to say anything, but when I'm up there and I'm articulating that I'm, my intention is that energy that that's feeling that's kind of, it's in my soul. Like you can feel it. You know what I'm talking about when you hear those speakers and it's like, it's not even there. It's their presence. It's everything all in one, but that energy moves you enough to go and discover. I want that. I want what she's talking about. I want to know how she got that. I want to know how I can have that self-confident power, that energy that I just felt. And that's Mm -hmm. my whole intention is for someone to have a shift and feel that way and then go and seek it, like hungry for it, right? For that message that's being spoken about. I love that. So you leave your audience hungry. What inspired you or did all of this inspire you? Because you started a movement, the Hey Chica movement. And I want you to talk briefly about that because it sounded like whenever the five-year-ago shift that it, it spawned you into different places in life. And now you have this movement and it's called Hey Chica. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Hey Chica is, it's funny because everyone's like, well, what does that mean? What is a Hey Chica? Well, everyone's a Chica, right? Everyone's a girl. Honestly, when you look at the actual definition of Chica, it's just girl in Spanish. That doesn't mean that the actual Chica is a Spanish girl. So I try to articulate that in a way where people are like, this is talking to you, girl, my friend, my home girl, my sister. It's talking to you saying, Hey girl, I'm with you. I'm in the game with you. I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to have a sisterhood with you. So that's where I came with the idea of the name alone. And then I went, when I went back to work after losing my son, I noticed that everyone looked like zombies to me. Like I could tell that I had a shift in my life and that I was a, like, I had kind of like a clear different lens. Now I could see unhappy people everywhere and it's almost like you kind of have a veil, right? And it's kind of yeah. like, when you're like, man, I don't like this circle. It's fake people. You can feel that energy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happened to me. I went back to work and I felt the energy and the people were unhappy. Everyone was complaining and gossiping in the cubicles and that. And I started to see it, but it was in a larger amplified. It's like almost I saw people's spirits and you wow. can see the heaviness of it. Yes. Right. And the unhappiness. And I was like, I don't want that. And I don't want to be around that. Like. And then I was always thinking like, there's no leadership programs for people who were like mid-level management, like directors or associate directors or VPs for them to go to, you know, there's no leadership that I went to that was all like white women only. It wasn't like women, you know, of color. And I was like, how come I get to go to these extravagant parties with 
meetings in the nat, all these things. And my people don't ever get to experience that. So I thought I'm going to create my own. So it's all welcoming, inviting all women, but it's going to be the same elevated experience that you're immersed in when you go to a, you know, meetings, conference, it's like all the bells and whistles, all the food and everything like that. I wanted access and equity for people who look like me. And so that's why I started Hey Chica to do that, to have a self-care conference and a leadership conference that women felt excited about. They were having fun. The, the culture was there. They were getting along. There was no hating. There was wow. no you know mean girl stuff. And so that's kind of how it started. I love it. I love it. Talking about energy. You have so much energy and I talk a lot about energy. And when I meet people, I could tell immediately what kind of energy they have. And I make it my business to look in people's eyes. You know, I know the eyes are the window to the soul. And so I see a lot of people that are hurting. I see a lot of people that like you talked about the zombie look and just living through life, but they are really dead people walking. And it's really sad. And so to try to bring that out of them, which makes you this world-class speaker, but I want to hear from you. Why are you considered a world-class speaker? When you say that like that, you're like, wow, what does that mean? I, I like to think for me, world-class is not what everyone thinks world-class or that what everyone has perceived that to be. I think for me, it's about being worldly in your thoughts and in your space, right? That I can say the same thing, whether I wherever I'm at in the world. So that means that someone can identify with that. For me, it's about identifying and meeting people exactly where they're at. Mm-hmm. And, and a speaker is just a container, but we are sort of a messenger of good energy or goodwill right. or whatever the topic is. So for me, being world-class mean is having no, no judgment of what or who. It's no judgment of what or who. You're just basically standing in your space holding space and articulating your life message that you were sort of gifted with, or for me, I consider it an honor and a a sacred um, gift that we're giving to talk about what we talk about. Like for me to talk about everything around my studio and things like that, I feel like it's a gift that I hold really sacred. So I protect it in that same way. And that's a worldly thought process. That's me saying it doesn't belong to anyone. It really belongs to everyone. It's not just one person, you know? So, yeah, I love it. Oh my goodness. And this time always goes by so fast, but we want to know, and if you could give us two diamond nuggets that we could take away with us this week, what would be those two diamond nuggets to help people get where you are or or the energy people want to change that energy? So What would you tell us? I really would hope that people at some point in their life could take a bold, courageous decision and to discover themselves. I know that's kind of terrifying for people to see themselves, right? To look in the mirror and just look at yourself and allow yourself to just be and and understand. I think that everybody just wants to be seen and to see people for who they really are, right? And then we can choose to be a part of any conversation, relationship or whatever. But it starts with us. And that's the hardest part. It's um, I meditate every day and that's been a game changer for me because I get to sit with myself and I don't, and I can close those thoughts that are running in our head of everything we need to be doing. And I can just sit with myself and open up to the possibilities of who I am. And that starts with you. I think the nugget is learn to sit with yourself and be okay with 
with who you are and what you are and the vulnerability of asking yourself, do I really want a deeper connection with myself? And I think it's a game changer. So that's one nugget. Rediscover, like five and one. <laughs> <laughs> Rediscover yourself, fall in love with yourself. We can't love anyone if we don't love ourselves. Right. And I really want people to understand that we're really all just trying to, to do good and be good, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, when you have a disagreement or you have maybe a different thought process of something else, kind of having that, again, heart of gratitude and think, you know, everyone's just trying to live, honestly, like yes. everyone's just trying to live. And I think that if we have compassion for that and respect for that and respect ourselves enough to understand that, I think that there's a lot that we can gain from that. So that's a nugget. <laughs> I could be talking to you all day because, you know, you just right in my in my lane. And it's so much that I want to grab onto what you said, but our time is winding up. Yeah. <laughs> have deeper conversation. I'm going to have to have you back maybe during mental health uh, month. Oh, for sure. But before you leave, what makes you sparkle? What gives that sparkle in your eye? You know, I'd like to think that I'm real and authentic. And I think that's a rare finding now in these days. And, you know, I think that my eyes sparkle, like you said, if you look in there, is because I really am true to who I am and I know who I am. So that makes me sparkle. I think if you know who you are, then you're already a sparkling person and being because you know how to just be. Wow. My goodness gracious, this was fantastic. <laughs> You're like, wait, are we going to church today? I know it is. Ooh, this was a lot. I'm telling you, I hope you all are feeling this through the airwaves like I'm feeling it because this is deep. This was a very deep conversation. You all, let's thank her for coming. And to hire this incredible, incredible, deep, authentic change maker, movement starter, everything that you want all in one, you're going to go to 24caratspeakers.com and you will find her on the platform. This was just incredible. And I'm going to wrap it up with my diamond nugget of the week. And what I want to say, this is going to help you change your energy. I want you to make this week a week of gratitude. What does that mean, Dr. G? We've heard the word gratitude and people, all this. I want to challenge you that every day before you go to bed, I want you to write down three things that you're grateful for, for that day. Maybe three things that happened, three things that didn't happen, <laughs> but three things that you're grateful for. Write that down before you go to bed. I guarantee you it's going to change your energy. It's going to help you sleep better. It's going to quiet your mind in the night for those people that have insomnia. So that is the challenge. This is the week of gratitude. Thank you once again, everybody, for joining us. This has been a wonderful, wonderful time that we spent together. Until the next time, have an, an amazing day. This is 24 Carriage Speakers. Have a great day. Everybody sing along. 24 Carriage Woman.